0: Jason, today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Did you know? Did I? Budget Blinds is your home for those signature series shades.
1: I do know that we need to all hail our robot shade overlords.
0: Take a bow.
1: Show your respect. Show your respect. You can now get, by the way, your signature series shades from our good friends at Budget Blinds, not only in Lee Summit. But in the city of Overland Park, Kansas, should you choose, either by choice or not choice, to be in the state of Kansas, you can now go to a second location and get the same customer service from the same bunch of good eggs that have served you so long and so well here in downtown Lee Summit.
0: So what you're saying is our overlords are expanding their empire.
1: It is, but more are hailing, as they should, our Robot Shade overlords.
0: So look, if you are ready to turn your home into a smart home, go visit our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Right in the heart of downtown, or somewhere in Overland Park. Somewhere in Overland Park, but you know what you have to do?
1: Tell him Jason Dixon. Yeah. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Orway, and as always, I am joined by a man who is now the parent of a high schooler. Ah. It is. Our friend, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit, is, Parker. is is a
0: mix of pride and fear the right thing?
1: Uh yeah, I think existential okay. existential terror is also acceptable in terms of like Well, I was, I was trying not to admit that much, well, but yeah, fair. we're at we're at terror. Like I true. have two high schoolers now, so it's actually no, I'm sorry, I have a high school and a college student now, so I don't even want to hear it from you. <laughs> I don't want to hear it from you. <laughs> Link to Lee Summit, the source for all the news you need about our very fine city and our unofficial sponsor today, and it's thematic, is some fancy book learning. And because of that, look, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about other stuff. We have an important guest, and we want to bring him on right now. It is Dr. David Buck, the superintendent of Lee R 7 Schools. Dr. Buck, how are you today? Very good. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Look, we're not calling you in an emergency. Nothing's like on fire or freaking out or radical shifts of things. So everything's good, we, but we did want to talk a little bit about like What's going on and all that good stuff. So I'm going to turn it over to Nick to ask the first question. Uh,
0: yeah, he's going to give me the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, we we actually we, we don't want to cover this too much because I think most of the information out there. But I think it would be a good idea for just spend a few minutes. What's the school you're going to look like? What what really are kind of the the protocols? The you know everybody's safe return to the school. Let's just visit that a little bit. I I know it's out there about the that there is a mask mandate for the district. So everybody's gonna be wearing their masks at least for the first quarter. So if you can kind of just review for us a little bit about what what school in the still running COVID world is gonna look like.
2: First of all, you're gonna see a lot more kids in the building. So we started last year with 3,900 kids um, in an online version. Uh, This year, as of uh, end of last week, we had 300. So less than 10% of what we had online last year will be online this year. Uh, So you'll be a lot more kids in the building. Um, There is a mask uh, requirement mandate by the county as well um, for indoors and on school buses is federal. So on school buses, that'll be probably all year long. I assume, um, because that's a federal guideline there. Uh, but as far as outside, there is no mask requirement. Uh, so when you're, you go to a football game, there's no currently no uh, uh, size of crowd requirements or anything like that or a mask requirement. So um, kids go recess, don't have to wear a mask. Um, we recommend if you're unvaccinated um, that you consider it, uh, just like the health department does and the county does and the CDC and AAP and such. Um, but other than that, I think you're going to see school be school. Um, and, and we're excited about that.
0: Are we still, are we still, you know, distancing kids in the classrooms?
2: As much as possible. So what we found last year when we, especially the first semester, we really looked at it hard um, following their, our cases. We had about 600 positive cases over the first semester and l- uh, less than 5% or around 5% were um, doing contact tracing, a potential spread at school. And what we're finding is those don't tend to happen um uh, because you're two feet or four feet or six feet. Um, so it, 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 there are special situations they tend to happen in. So um, we're going to distance as much as possible, but we can't guarantee they're always going to be six feet apart from somebody.
0: And I, and I think the other big difference is is the the quarantining based on exposure rules. Those Those are going to be different this year.
2: Yes, that's a huge benefit. So, mid November, um, we ended up with over a thousand people either with a positive case or quarantined. And, and that's when we just, uh, the board had made a decision after Thanksgiving to move to virtual because we had subfill rates up until uh, November over 90%, which many districts around us were very jealous of. But November, it dropped down in the 60% range because we just had so many people quarantined. Well, now, if you're both wow. masked as kids, you're both masked you do not have to quarantine um, if you're a close exposure and you don't show any symptoms. So um, say one of you is, is a, a positive case and the other one's not, you're within six feet of each other for 15 minutes, but you both wear masks, the other one doesn't have to quarantine. That's also true for vaccinations, which wasn't the case last November. So if one of you is vaccinated and are close contact, but you're not showing symptoms, you don't have to quarantine either. So uh, those are two big changes for kids on the first side and adults on the second side. So we we hope to have kids in school a lot at a higher rate this year as well, and staff.
0: Well, I, I, I like I like the, the earlier statement, school's going to look like school.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'm sure I think like about 90 percent of the complaints that you got, uh, the, the, we heard and as we were paying attention, kind of just boiled down to that. It's like this doesn't feel like school and we don't like it. So and which is fair. I mean, I you know, we we have a system established and we've kind of built around that. So I, I certainly understand that. Well, speaking of vaccinating students, um, is the district going to be offering or participating in vaccine clinics or vaccine opportunities for our uh, eligible students, I guess, hopefully the more of our students will become eligible through the course of the semester as the FDA does their does their work. Um, but are we going to have
2: any Are there vaccine opportunities for people coming up? So we just had one last week, and we don't have another one scheduled. But we have one last week over here on the North Campus um, on August twelfth uh, through the Health Department. Um, we also held held student vaccine clinics uh, at each high school in the spring as well. So we'll we'll continue to work with health departments as uh, the need and the desire is there, and and provide vaccines to those who want them. Do you have any?
1: any, I mean, I know that this isn't probably a question you probably poked around too much, but is there, um, do you have any rough idea on what of the eligible student population are vaccinated?
2: No, and I'll pull up real quick. Um, I should have had already pulled up the health department has some data on that and I will pull that up super fast for you. Um, but it's going to be countywide, not school district. Um, by County, it'll be Eastern Jackson County, which excludes Kansas city. It also excludes, uh, Independence, independence now. Are, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a it's a little different. So I am literally p- pulling that up and trying to talk as uh, my. Well, that's, that's, that's some talent there. It is. Well, uh, you guys are probably better at filling that area. all <laughs> oh, let's let's not right, let's so give ourselves that much credit. What's interesting is that you can't get a vaccine until you're 12 years old, right? Currently, right. Um, but their their age groups are 10 to 14. Uh, <laughs> so half that group cannot, you know, or two two uh, grades or two ages out of that five. So 40% of that group cannot be vaccinated. But uh, initiated 22% of 10 to 14s uh, and completed the series 15%. 15 to 19 is 48% in the county have had their first shot and 37% have had both shots.
1: Okay. So that's not near high enough, but it is it is, it is a start on that. And of course, it's hard to differentiate, like, how does Lee Summit in their representative sample compared to, you know, Oak Grove or <laughs> right. Green Valley or any of those sorts of things. So, yeah, so, that's and, there is, so
2: and I did, uh, well, I don't have that on here, but I did see a zip code and, and there's some big differences in zip codes within the county. So Jackson County oh, sure. yeah. has that as well.
0: Good. All right. So uh, one last thing on this. Are you, are you monitoring or getting, I guess, emails and, uh, and notes about the da- that data as regularly as you were last year? Do you, are, you, are you paying as close attention?
2: So we meet weekly with all three health departments now. Um, we do have a school in Kansas City. Um, and on that call, since it's uh, super tense throughout the county, Independence is there as well. Um, so we have a weekly call on Tuesdays with them. Uh, we also have a medical panel. Uh, local pediatricians that we meet on uh, probably, I would say, an irregular basis when things are needed. So we met with them a couple weeks ago and got and received their input. And then Kansas City Chamber um, has hosted a couple of events now with hospitals. uh, And you can find that uh, video online now of of the previous one, maybe two weeks ago. Of their current situations of hospitals, um, so it is something we continue to monitor. You know, Centerpoint uh, Medical Center in Independence—I think the stat was last week—they had 20 people in beds and hallways because they didn't have any other ER spots to put them, so they were literally in beds and hallways. So, uh, the hospital piece is is uh, is something that's a little disturbing, um, and we continue to monitor as well.
1: So you you mentioned that there's a ninety percent drop in online the online schooling option this year. Is that is that three hundred more in line with what we've seen in the years before COVID? BC I guess now our new BC, uh, or is it uh, or is it uh, or is it bigger? Or is it a smaller? What what do you have any idea what that is?
2: It's bigger. Uh, so about two hundred forty of those kids are elementary kids, and then prior to last year, we didn't have an elementary only online um, option. So we created that on the fly last year um, and we looked at trying to outsource that during the summer of 2020. We just couldn't find elementary online curriculum. It was uh, very good. And to the point that now we are offering it across the state um, to other districts. So we have kids as far away as Hazelwood School District who will also be taking our online courses um, because they're choosing online instead of in person. So it, it, we'll have online kids from across the state as well.
0: And It's probably too early for me to ask this, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's fun. Is this going to be a trend, do you think? I mean, is this kind of looking ahead? Are we going to see more people? I mean, maybe not even health-related, but just choosing these these online paths.
2: I think the vast majority of people will tell you that in-person is definitely preferred, right? And and their kids did better. If you ask parents, their kids did better in person. But we have had a few parents that said, you know what? My kid actually did better online. Or my older kid was able to do some other things. We had a kid get their pilot license last year. Um, while they were online. So, uh, you know, it, I think it'll be an option for a small percent of folks that makes sense, um, not just in a pandemic time, but just uh, how they learn best and or fit into other um, experiences they're trying to, to work towards or other certifications or, or internships.
1: All right. So we're going to transition away from the dreaded uh, pandemic uh, because, look, we're all tired of talking about that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, And we're going to go on to a subject that makes everybody happy, which is uh, school boundary adjustments. And uh, so how is the middle school boundary process coming along?
2: That group's been working uh, for since last spring. Uh, They're down, I think, two different uh, options. And there will be a survey going out the first week of September, and then we'll have three engagement Um, opportunities for people to come in person. I think it's September 7th, 8th, and 9th, and you can find those uh, dates and locations on our website. Uh, But I think it's going well, it's a large group. Uh, The parents are very excited that's been on the group, and the the feedback has been uh, very impressive so far in our earlier engagement uh, series. We started off, I think, with over 45, different possibilities. All of, of the parameters around it is to not affect what high school feeder you're going into. So um, if you're you know right now in Tiger High land or, or you're in uh, LSW or Lee Summit North uh, pr- uh, pieces of uh, boundaries, that doesn't change. It's all about taking three middle schools into four and sixth grade into the middle schools. And so um, there are a couple options people are looking at. We have five elementaries now that currently split into two different middle schools. So one of the two options that are still standing uh, lowers that down to one. Uh, so that's a conversation that some people may want to have or not. Um, so th- there's just two options right now. And, and uh, we're hoping to have when we send out the survey, you can actually enter your address and see what middle school you will go to. Well,
0: that's, that'd be nice. That would be cool. Well, can you give us just really quickly, uh, like a 30,000 foot update on construction for the new middle school?
2: Yeah. So I was just out there the other day, uh, two days ago on Monday. Um, we're, it's going very well. The middle school was lucky in, in respect that we uh, we bid out that uh, uh, project. And also the project was bid out early enough. They could purchase most things ahead of time. So they're on time uh, with the facility. Um, so we're, we're, we're in good shape for opening next fall. Um, the sixth, seventh and eighth grade wings are two. They're two story um uh, pieces kind of on a campfire kind of concept with a center common area. Um, rooms that have flexible walls that you can uh, do some different things with. Uh, each has their own outside area they can uh, use as an outside classroom learning space. Um, the, the gym and auxiliary gym are up. The auxiliary gym is a is a, uh, a tornado uh, uh, shelter. It um, has about a, just shy of a million pounds of concrete on top. Uh, And then it's pretty impressive uh, facility over there. Um, So right now, the the part you can see through is the entrance to the cafeteria and then the the library that's in steel girding. But everything else is enclosed, encapsulated. Uh, The softball baseball complex is coming along. That's a little bit behind where we want, uh, but still the entire project is under budget. Um, Part of what we uh, just bid out uh, and actually the board will approve tomorrow night is that we do have to upgrade the sewer system off our property because we'll obviously bring a lot more uh, um, uh, bodies to that uh, area. So that project was we uh, was estimated to be a little over two million dollars. Well, since we're bidding out now with construction costs and and material costs going up because of supply demands, and supply shortages uh, that actually came in at 3.4 million. But overall, the entire middle school projects is 1.3 million under budget, so we're pretty excited and proud of that. Uh, the high school renovations, uh, at least some at high, that started last spring uh, or last winter, and that's going well. Um, we have the athletic uh, complexes uh, They're we're racing to get all the bleachers done before the first opening games. We're hoping to get that done. We do have some uh, back orders. Just, I mean, That's going to be the story for every every school and every construction site right now um, on our AV, our, our sound system equipment. And so we will use our old sound system equipment until that comes in mid midseason. Uh, and Mason Elementary is, is uh, fantastic. Uh, it looks to be done in December of this year. And so we'll be completely open then next uh, semester um it is it is uh amazing how uh, different that building feels and looks uh, pretty exciting um, we do have some furniture delays both at mason and lee summit high for the new spaces opening up that they're opening up here next week um so we're thinking we're gonna get some of that furniture in october november so we are uh, scrambling to use uh it just, it's all this furniture until then it's all and just
1: put rugs in everybody sits in a circle so it's like kindergarten for everybody It'd be great. and
2: then uh, Paradise Park. We were purchasing that for our second early childhood center. That should uh, close next week, I think is what the date is. Uh, and so we have a, an aggressive timeline that was supposed to be open in uh, FY uh, in the fall of 23. We think we have a chance to get that in FY 22, or next fall, fall of 22. Um, so we'll be a uh, design team this fall and hopefully we'll go out to bid uh, in the late winter and construction or renovation in there um, to build classrooms within the inside of it. Uh, Paradise Park, if you think about it, on the left side, when you enter, that discovery area is mostly going to be unchanged. That's the exciting part of that because our, our current uh, Great Beginnings use, utilizes that as well. Um, so that, that's a, just a built-in benefit. So um, we'll be working through designs there uh, pretty quickly. And then ex- the external part is a value-added piece for us. And so we're bringing in um, you know people from National Board of Edu- Experiential Education, Bringing in, we're going to try to bring in the Kansas City Zoo, we're bringing in the YMCA uh, uh, at Camp Lakewood down in Potosi area, we're going to bring in, uh, try to bring in people like um, Science City and talk about what kind of learning environments we can have uh, for K-12 on the property. And so we're exploring that. We've already went through with our, our administrators and curriculum writers and such uh, and and started day, daydreaming a little bit on there. So that that's kind of where we're at with the bond issue. We're overall over $20 million uh, under budget still um, with everything that's encumbered and, and priced out.
0: That's got to be an exciting thing to look at the, the Paradise Park stuff and just let your st- yourself and your teams just kind of brainstorm and, and let's come up with something new. Exactly.
2: So John, I can't thank John and Julie Ellis enough. Um, Julie will hate that I mentioned her name twice there. Um, (laughs) They, they, they were wonderful. They, you know, they had uh, another buyer that was interested in paying a lot more, but they wanted to, they wanted to continue the early ed piece um, and are very big supporters of the school district. So, um, you know, they're appraised at 8.9 million and that's not counting the amenities. Uh, and they sold it to the district for six million uh, and they are leaving uh, a number of amenities there that were not included in that appraisal. So um, we can't thank them enough. And to have it right next to Underwood, Underwood Elementary and, and Bernard Campbell Middle School. So you also have two schools right next door as well. So it's it's a fantastic opportunity for our kids um, this year and, and and going forward.
0: So Can we should... just leave the uh, the mini golf for me to come play. That's that's really all I need. <laughs>
1: It's all about nick i just want so we should mention john and julie ellis again and again during the course of this just to to make sure that they are extra appreciated even though they don't want the spotlight i think that's fair
0: (laughs) well let's uh i I want to move to it to a different topic and this is one that you brought up the last time you were on on the show, and it was just, we were talking about new programming, new things mm-hmm. that were happening and gonna come in in this school district. I know we, we just launched, there were some people came into town for it, but we just launched the, the new aviation program. Can you fill us in again a little bit on what that is? And then maybe what, what else do we have coming that's new?
2: Yeah, so the Aerospace Academy is pretty exciting. We just had um, the FFA administrator, Dixon. So that's the guy that runs the entire FFA, FAA. Um, he used to be vice president of Delta um come out and at the end of it he ended up staying about an hour and a half longer than he was supposed to and he had another commitment he was supposed to go to but he was going to go to it late because he was so into what we were doing um i asked him at the end i said listen we we are uh we are a, a, a lighthouse district in so many ways in the nation. We have, uh, there's over 2000, say, uh, Cisco uh, networking programs. We're one of the top five in the nation. Um, Project Lead the Way is, is well known throughout the nation for uh, engineering. And we're one of the trainings, one of the few training sites because we do such a good job. The FBI comes and, and recruits at our uh our stat, our students, because of our, our programming with uh, with Homeland Security partnership and and what we're doing with cybersecurity. So we we have some amazing things in our district that most districts could not touch, uh, and so we want to make sure this is it. And and he looked at me. He said, "The day you open the door, you're going to be the number one in the nation at what you're doing. Nobody else will, <laughs> what your guys are opening up. This is incredibly impressive." Um, so. I, I, we're very proud of that. We hope to continue to grow it. Um, that doesn't mean we have everything figured out. Um, we can't thank the city enough. They've been great partners. Um, they're going to give us uh, uh, try to work on giving us uh, hangar space, continue forward. But as the airport expansion goes, um, dedicate some space for us to have a learning environment. Um, so we're, we're very excited. And again, thank you to, to Steve Arbo and, and Mayor Baird for, for always being good partners with us.
0: What are some other uh, new programs and things coming up? I know you had you had a list the last time. So <laughs> yes, I'm put I you on the
2: spot. I didn't write down my list. One of them is grow <laughs> your own program. Um, so grow your own is a, a you know we always push careers, but I don't know if we push teaching careers enough. Uh, which is interesting because uh, that's what we uh, how we <laughs> deliver fine quality education to your kids and my kids. Right. And so uh, um, Grow Your Own program will be a, a program to help out uh, students who may be first generation, uh, but interested in going into uh, the teaching field. Um, and we'll partner before in junior and senior year and have coursework, but then partner with them through college. Um, we'll provide a mentor for them. So a, teacher, a veteran teacher to, will pay a stipend to mentor that student throughout college. And then UCM is also looking at providing a mentor. So the kid will actually have two adult mentors to help them through um, as they're, you know, first generation going through college. Um, during summer time, we'll hire them to work in summer school and partner them with a, a veteran teacher so they have some uh uh, you know, experiences uh, with with education as they go through college and above and beyond what most people would do going through college. And then uh, if they get hired, uh, we're looking at exploring a, a loan forgiveness. Uh, so again, encourage them to come back. What we're seeing nationally and in the state is a teacher shortage. We're not necessarily feeling that here. Um, I think we're a destination district and we have low turnover. In fact, I there was, just saw a recent survey in the metro area. We had the lowest uh, percent of teachers. Um, uh, resign in the state and in, in the metro area. We had a little over 3%. And I think the, there was many double digits there. And I'm, I'm sure pandemic had part of that. So we're very proud that we we can attract and retain people. But in fact, trend continues, eventually that'll hit us too. So we want to be prepared ahead of time um, and and help uh, provide a, a pathway for, for people who are interested uh, and support them and, and bring them back in. I'll tell you another thing we're excited about looking at. So um, within our career technical education, we've we've tripled the staff that reports to our director, uh, Shannon Booth. And we have a strong partnership with the, the Lee Summit uh, EDC and we have over 260 businesses and, and advisory groups with us right now. And so we're we're trying to build more experiences early on. Um, we've already said we'll be more than happy to double the number of kids who participate, say in Herndon or Cass career centers. Um, But convincing kids to uh, work on their hands is is harder now than ever before. (laughs) But I think because, because kids don't have the experience of it. So we're exploring um, and probably will pilot this year, um, Uh, taking uh, uh, ready-made projects to maybe upper elementary schools or or middle schools um, where they can use a drill and hammer and screwdriver on projects on pre-cut wood and such. So I've been working with uh, the Carpenters Union and other folks um, what that could look like. Um, But just give a quick uh, chance of kids to get their hands on something, see if that's something they enjoy or like. Um, So we're pretty excited about that. Um, We're also building our capacity assume we'll have uh, an amped up algebra course. And then right after that, a a construction geometry course. So for kids who, uh, who are, are, you know, deciding to go more hands-on routes um, learn your geometry while you actually build a, dog house or a tiny house or something like that and and learn math embedded instead of learning math um, just on a book wise you know there's we we can't teach just one way and so if you talk to a construction worker they're using they don't know it sometimes but they're using uh, you know trigonometry sometimes but it's embedded in what they do Uh, and so uh, it it makes a lot of sense as they try to figure out you know tension stress of a a suspension bridge or whatever it might be i think
0: i would have enjoyed those things because math and books did not make sense to me but doing
1: things made sense yes I, I, I was fine with math and books but I also really enjoy the the hands-on part of it so I, I am right there with you it would have been that would have been an amazing experience to have when I was in in that age group for sure so as we <clears throat> excuse
0: me as we as we as we look to this this year I'm gonna go back to what you said earlier about school being more like school this yeah. year so uh, you know last year was your first year at the helm here in Lee Summit and it was a little weird. <laughs> It was it was not the normal school year.
1: Well, I mean it started weird and then got no better right. the whole year. So.
0: <laughs> so here give me one kind of normal-ish thing that you're looking forward to having and getting to be to do as superintendent.
2: Oh the the stadium's being packed in the first weekend of football, the first Friday night of football will be just amazing. I mean it was I, I tease and I actually got to watch probably more football last year when I we went to games because there was nobody in the stands. There's nobody <laughs> talking to me. Um, so I probably saw more of the games, but it was odd to play in stadiums with 100 people. And that's it. Um, so we're excited about packing in people at events. Um, so, yeah, that, that I think that'll be, you know, going to volleyball games and seeing the gym packed or heck, as a parent, you know, I have a, a child that's in the, a color guard in one of the high schools here, you know, be able to go watch events instead of watch them tape an event and send a tape in for a competition. Um, there's a lot of things as an educator and, and a parent. We're very excited about getting back to
1: ah the the comforting feel of normal stuff. So, <laughs> well, I would imagine as a superintendent, like as you come through the uh, rise through the you know teaching and administrative ranks, there's a there's a significant. I will call it social and political uh, component to your job that you have to deal, you know, like managing people, dealing with people, being sociable, all those sorts of things. And you probably missed it a great deal. A lot of that stuff and probably won't miss like constant emergency meetings about whatever the virus is doing this week um, that we're having to deal with. So that's good.
2: Yes, very much so. And who'd ever knew I'd be reading a JAMA articles on effectiveness of masks and things like that. Yeah, it, <laughs> the, the last two years, I, you know, or having a medical panel and, and and going through our you know our thirty-something page uh, return to school uh, program uh, or our packet, and, and so yes, yeah, this it's definitely been an interesting time. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's rewarding because people rallied together and are very supportive, uh, and so. Uh, we're here to support kids and part of that's keeping them healthy. So we're here to support staff and part of that's keeping them healthy. So
1: yeah. it
2: is what it is. And we're, we're glad that we were uh, very successful last year and, and we hope to be even more successful this year.
0: I would imagine a lot of that was not in your doctoral studies.
1: Yeah. They don't put that on the brochure.
0: <laughs> no, my doctoral study
2: was on finance. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Buck, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time here. I know this is, this is a big week as, as everybody's coming back into the buildings and getting set up for school which starts the 25th
2: that's right that's a week from today right yeah that's right as Dang. we're talking teachers first day so they're they're uh they're, the buildings are full with uh, adults right now i feel like i feel like
0: after the long cold <laughs> year that we had last year i feel like this summer went fast
2: <laughs> hey, can i brag about one thing real quick sure absolutely that so uh one of the things we were talking last year there's a i don't know if you know this there's a bus driver shortage um, nationwide and we felt it a little bit too and so uh one of the rules we had is you had to have a, either a high school diploma or a GED to be a bus driver. And we we kind of looked around at each other and, and I, I said, you know, we're a learning institution. And so why don't we hire people who are willing to work on their GED and support them doing that? So we created a program. Uh, thank you to Andy Robertson uh, over there at Summer Ridge Academy. Uh, and uh, so uh, and you know, we had our first one and we just celebrated her yesterday and provided her a cake and, and, and cheered her on. Um, she passed her CDL, which, and, you know, I couldn't do that part. I, I you know, that's, uh, I have a hard time driving my three kids in the car behind me, <laughs> not getting distracted. Uh, but then went, they also got her GED and passed her GED test. So, um, we have our first bus driver that went through that program. And I think, I think it exemplifies our, our, uh, we're a learning institution, and we're we're here to support people. Uh, and so, I'm pretty proud of her. And 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 she was uh, she made a great statement. She's like, listen, that I'm showing my kids and making a sa- example for my own kids. And I'm I'm pretty pretty happy about that. So, um, there were a lot of tears, and, including on me. So, uh, kudos to her, and and kudos to everyone who helped set that up.
0: That's a, that is a good, good story. Actually, I did just see that yesterday and I, I missed my notes. I was supposed to ask you about that one. Um, but that's a, that's a great thing. I mean, not just for her, but I think that's a good community statement. Like you said that, Hey, this is, we're a part of the community. Our district is, and we can help people get to where they need to be. That's awesome. Yes, very much. Well so. worth, well worth bragging. Yeah. That's a brag worthy point for sure. For sure. Well, Dr. Buck, thanks again. I, I look forward to a time when we can bring you into the studio. Um, and you can you can you know witness our absurdity firsthand in person. So. <laughs> I would enjoy
2: that. I had a, another meeting went from eight to nine, so I appreciated uh, you know jumping off another meeting and jumping in this one immediately.
0: Not a problem, Doctor Buck. Thank you very much. That will wrap us up for this episode. We'll talk to everybody next time.
2: Thank you.